Hello, my name is Ben. I'm Chris. And we are the hosts of the Too Vague Podcast. Today, our word that we're discussing is going to be vision. What sound in vision? So, are you a fan of David Bowie? I am a huge fan of David Bowie. Okay. Too soon. Too soon. We've got another, uh, another, I, I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't want to Say bring it, it up. Say I it. really Did don't he, want to no, bring it no. up. What's, what's coming, Ben? What's coming? Um, we've got a uh, question mm-hmm. um, from um, someone. Oh, for God's sake. Let me let me do this. Okay. Can I, can I do this All right, properly? Go ahead. All right. Listeners, it's time to open the mystery door, <laughs> strap on the knee guards, turn on your mining helmet, and let's go <laughs> spelunking in Aunt Nora's bag. <laughs> It just sounds creepy, dude. Why? You gotta know. give you gotta give a little zhuzh it up. You know what I'm saying? Spelunking, spelunking, uh, spelunking. Yeah. Have you been spelunking ever? Uh, no, I am afraid of caves. Mm. I don't know if that's a joke or not. No, Are you seriously, afraid that's of not, caves. That's why would that be a joke? I don't know. No, I don't know. That's it where the dragons seems, live. Just seems like a very specific kind of like. No, I just I don't feel the need to be in a dark enclosed natural formation. Hmm. Interesting. I, w- I was already born. Right. And that was pretty dark. They tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Caves. Yeah. Let's get to. Oh, what are you let's pulling go to- out of Aunt Nora. <laughs> <laughs> I am never going to stop doing this. Uh, just just so you're aware. Well, when you meet Aunt Nora, well, you may you a- may stop. <laughs> um, Nora, this just, is for you. Just saying. Spill you the want. spill the beans on magnets if you want this to stop, Nora. Okay, all right. Uh, that we may be able to deliver on that. All right. So uh, from our last episode, evolution, uh, she has a question, which is, what is Seaman? The game Seaman. Oh, thank God. Do you- <laughs> Nora, we do not have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the game Seaman. Are you familiar with the game Seaman? Uh that was I was it the Sega? No, no, no. It was the Dreamcast, right? Yes, it was. It was, it was the, the Dreamcast, Dreamcast game with uh the goldfish that talked like Leonard Nimoy. No, close. Um Leonard Nimoy, he was the narrator. Oh. But but the fish themselves which had human faces. Right. Yeah. Right. It is it is a game Praised for its creativity and its creepiness. If you ever saw the movie, Python did it. Right? Yeah, Monty Python. Meaning um, of life. Meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, where they had the fish with the human faces in the fish tank. How it's being eaten. Yep. Yeah. The game used the the microphone. It was like just for basically what? so you could talk to the fish. You would talk to the fish. You would. Tell them, oh, you're a good fish or whatever, and you you could say things, and they would do things. It was you would communicate the through the microphone. Was this like a virtual pet game? Sort of, yeah, yeah. It was a virtual pet game with these fish that would evolve into from tadpoles into fish with human faces. Did they start out with human faces? No. So they gradually morphed into human. They gradually morphed into human face fish. What the hell was Nimoy narrating in this? Uh, he was just introducing the world of semen. Hide- hideous human-faced fish. Yeah. Was oh. this like a post-apocalyptic game? No, or? no. It was just it was just a fish tank. It was a fish tank, and you had in fish in hell. <laughs> well, that was that was the working title. 
Hell's Aquarium. Sega That's... presents Fish Tank in Hell. Uh, yeah. The Devil's Aquarium. Yeah. Um, and the guy who uh, who invented it, his name was Ute. Ute Saito. U-T-E? Uh, no, Y-O-O-T. I don't know what the pronunciation of that is uh, in Japanese, but it's Ute Saito. He also did a game, boy, I forget what the name of the game was, but it was an interesting kind of battlefield, kind of like uh, marching troops across a battlefield, but with pinball. So it was like oh. you would you would defeat armies with with basically flippers and pinball. He he was um was this the Saito like like wasn't there a game company called Saito or a development studio? I Is this that same guy? No, I don't I don't know if there was. Um I can okay. look it up. If, I feel like I've seen Saito yeah. on the credits for something or other. The only games that I know of are that that pinball game that he made and then See, that, of course that sounds half that sounds a lot better than Satan's Aquarium. Yeah. Satan's Aquarium Definitely was creepy. And I right. did own it, and then I took the disc <laughs> when I was done, and then I wrapped it in a paper bag, and then... <laughs> Threw it into the ocean? No, I burned it first. Um, doused just, it with some accelerant. Just to keep it from spreading. Oh, boy. Wow. That, yeah, it was kind of creepy. This game sounds terrible. Yeah. Well, uh, Andrew brought it up. Why is... Hang on. My microphone is, like, assaulting me. Okay. One minute here. You can keep talking. You may want to tighten it down. Tight, lock it down. Lock it. Pop it, lock Pop it. Pop it, lock it. Okay. Um, keep going. Is the is that uh, is that better? Yeah, no, that's okay. great. I don't even think Nora knows what we're talking about. But anyway, well, so the answer to the question. <laughs> listen, about, Nora, Nora's not alone half the time, Ben. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so, Seaman, really C-Man. creepy game, put out for the Dreamcast in 1999. Human-faced fish, narrated by Mr. Spock. Yep. Um, if, I mean, it's if basically that, Star Wars. If that doesn't frighten you, I don't know what does. Yeah. What will. Does Nora have a Dreamcast? No. No. Okay. So but I do. You want to look over your shoulder there? I keep on telling people to look over their shoulder at my Dreamcast, which is over there by the... Francine? Francine, do we have a Dreamcast? Okay. Yeah. No, we. Uh, you do have a Dreamcast. Why do you keep on calling her Francine? Her name is Dave. <laughs> Hi, my I, name is Sheila. I didn't, I didn't get the paperwork. Okay. So well, let's get into vision. When I say the word vision, vision, what do you think of uh, as far as the definition of vision? Do you think of sight or do you think of, you know, a concept or something that you envision? Yeah, I've had enough corporate bullshit over the last 20 years of my life to never think about vision that way again. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Vision is basically another word for uh, stuff we want to do with uh, an alarming lack of specifics on how to do it. Yeah, I, I guess when it comes to corporate speak, it's annoying. But I think the definition is still valid. I mean, it's still oh, sure. Yeah. If well, if you, you have just, you just asked me what I think about. Okay. Hear, no. No. Know, so. Oh. Okay. I'm not. I'm not getting defensive. Yeah. No, I'm getting defensive. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Is like it's it's part of the um, vernacular. Yeah, it's just like that's another thing. That word too. It's an awesome word. It's an awesome word, but it's used a lot in the vernacular. In corporate speak. Yeah. Is it? I, I don't know where you're working, but at the bait shop, Root. man, totally. <laughs> it always use it. They always say vernacular. It's, listen, I was like what, are those kind of worms. They're, no, Is that the, they're, the they're vernacular. They're night crawlers in the vernacular. <laughs> Yeah, it's, but anyway, it took so, me a long time to figure out night crawlers were worms. Really? What did you think they were? 
teleporting mutants. <laughs> speaking, you, speaking, think they were? speaking of teleporting mutants, Vision, Vision, yeah, he's not really a mutant, nor does he teleport. So no, no but he he changes his density, right? That's his whole power set. Hey, his body, his choice. Yeah. Uh, the um, so did you ever get into him in the comics? Vision is a for all the Noras out there. <laughs> Vision is a comic book character. I'm trying to get ahead of this, right? I'm trying to get ahead of the questions. Right. Uh, Vision is a comic book character. He was in the movies. He's in the MCU. He is. Portrayed by? Paul Bettany. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, more recently on the show WandaVision, which was an interesting show. Yes. Half of the title of the show is named for him uh, who plays Wanda. <laughs> kidding. He's a fish. Yes. Uh, I'm never gonna oh, get that picture spo- out of my head. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> He's a turns fish. into a fish. He evolves yep. a human face. No, it's uh, yeah. So I, mm, so I only have memories of the uh, Marvel Com- comics yeah. um, that I read as a youngster, as a wee lad, and uh, my overriding take on Vision from those days uh, was that Vision sucks. Really? Yeah. And why? Why did you think Vision sucked? Because he was mopey. Well, he was Vision the Mopey Robot. He was like Marvin the Paranoid Android from... But not funny. No, because he was part human, but he wasn't human. I mean, how how would that impact... I mean, it's... I'm not saying he didn't have a right to be Mopey. Okay. So you just... I'm not Mope shaming Vision. Okay. Because he's in kind of an interesting predicament where he's got human emotions and right. trapped inside a robot. I mean, that's kind of... Well, I don't think he's trapped inside a robot. He is a robot. Well, right. But I mean, I mean... I'm not trapped inside a human body. I am a human. Right. But you're also kind of trapped inside a human body, Well, too. I mean, from the sense that I can't go anywhere right. other than my human body. And listen, listen, I see the letters you're writing right now, astrophysicists and spiritual healers. It was a joke. Okay. I am very aware that the astral plane exists and we can communicate with it by opening our third eye. Okay. All right. I'd I mean, like to refer to it as the... That's uh, what Dr. Strange tells me. I, Whatever. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, Vision Do, sucked because he was moping around a lot. When have you ever referred to it as the rectal plane? <laughs> it's well, the, the very it's last the, episode of the Too Big <laughs> Podcast has, has been a joy. Because it's the astral it's, plane. Anyway, so let's uh, let's get away from the please stupid puns. Yes, no, but, uh, but anyway, vision. Of, when I think of a vision, I generally default to what I can see or perceive. Okay, okay. So not it's, in the strategic sense of a broad-minded goal, or you know, we'll touch on vision again um, when we talk about video games. But I, I okay. so we're talking about sight, right? Are we talking about just ocular? Or are you talking about, you know, any kind of sight? I mean, is there a different kind of sight? Are you talking about? There's like, like a second. The there's predi- like you know, you can perceive things that aren't. They call things that you you know, like visions or things that you see oh. or things that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I've ever had one personally. No, but well, I mean, not that I'm aware of. Peyote. Never done it. No. That's no. not since breakfast. No, in fact, I continually get peyote mixed up with Peter Coyote. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I always call him Peter Peyote. Peter Peyote. Yeah. Fine, fine actor. 
Yeah. I mean, a very fine accent. Yeah. yeah. I was, I, yeah, coyote. Coyote, yeah. Oh, hang on. The pop filter again. The pop filter is is moving on me like it's trying to get to second base on, at a movie. I think hang it's, on. is it trying to go from New York to it's Paris just, to London to Munich? Perhaps. Maybe because everybody's talking into the uh, mm, pop filter. Perhaps. I yeah. No, it's just it's like it's moving a millimeter at a time, and so oh, I'll be in yeah. the middle of a sentence, and then suddenly my mustache gets all tickly, and I'm like, whoa, back off, sailor. Yeah. And right. then you realize. It's, it's physics. Um, yes. So sight, um, I'm also thinking basically perception. Right. Yes. Sight, I mean, sight is a uniquely... I don't know. I was going to say See, it's a uniquely ocular. Um, right, right. But vision, you know, yeah, what, that that vision. is something that transcends. That, yeah. That's that's kind of why I brought it up. I mean, you think? I mean, yeah. It it depends, right? There's different kinds of visions right. that are also sight. Right. Right. Thermal vision. Right. Oh Jesus, Superman. Well, heat vision. That's yeah. different than thermal vision. Okay. Yeah, thermal vision is that whip ass predator vision. If it bleeds, we can kill it. That's what you think of. You know what I think of when I think of vision? What's that? I think of, I tried to convince people of this uh, when I was younger. Okay. You're familiar with the band Foreigner. Who's not? Yeah. And the song that they do, Double Vision. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was in, uh, also most recently used in a Burger King commercial or something. Oh, really? Huh. Double Vision. Yep. Some like two for four Whopper chicken fry biscuits or something oh how the mighty have fallen well no. better than cold as ice yeah that's true <laughs> that may be the worst song ever made yeah i mean it's terrible you're not willing to sacrifice our love <laughs> anyway uh you were thinking foreigner i'm, I'm yeah. interested to hear double, double vision. vision okay the little thing that I tried, and this was before the internet, so people couldn't fact check on the fly. Oh, this, like is this one of my? Is this one of this? Is this is this a my uncle works at Nintendo story? I don't know what you mean by that. Oh, oh, you don't remember being on the schoolyard and and when the video? My uncle works at Nintendo and said there's a secret level if you jump here. Uh, no, you don't remember no, that? It's, it's not. It's not that. Okay. What what it is is I would try and convince people that. Uh, the accordion part was played by Weird Al Yankovic in that song. Wow. I'm unpacking the fact that there's an accordion in that song. Uh, seriously? I, all I remember is the chorus to that song. Oh. Fill my eyes with that double vision. Yeah, there's an accordion in that song. It's it's like at the like before they do that part with the huh. the chorus. I mean, wow. So you so you convinced everybody that that was Weird Al on that was Weird Al, yeah, but it wasn't. What was your success rate on that? Um, it was pretty successful because right. there wasn't, like I said, you can't really look that up at the library, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know how wouldn't, many people and had. You like to be working at the reference desk that day, yeah? And how many people are going to go to the record shop and go, "Hey, right. can I see a copy of Foreigner hey, Four, your, please?" I need, <laughs> you know, I need you. I need your liner notes on this stat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, who did play the accordion on it, by the way? Um, it was just a studio musician. I just thought it was funny to try and convince people. I don't know why. I had a really bad sense of humor when I was... I, no, I, mean, I still, I don't you know it's what? Not, I, it's, it's not not funny. Well, I mean, it's just, well, what, what, what do I gain from that? It's just amusement, right? It's like I'm fucking with people, and I, I don't well, do that. Well, but, you know, but, but hang on. But you were young. And, no. you know, I think nowadays, like the first thing I, you, you, I'll be completely honest with you, Ben. The first thing I thought of when you told me that 
is, oh, wait a minute. It wasn't Weird Al. It's some studio accordion player, as you said. And my mind immediately goes to, what is it like to be a session player as an accordionist? Like, like how many times, like, are you... Yeah, like, like, do you just hang around the studios hoping somebody wrote an accordion bit for their song? No, I think I think you have a pager. <laughs> <laughs> I think they assign you a pager. You, is it, you go, it's one of those seating pagers at, like, Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then you got to get you got to hightail it to the studio really quick. Right. And, yeah, it's, yeah. Honey, pack... Pack the lad. We've got a we've got a gig. I don't know if accordion players call their accordions lads or not. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure where that came from. Yeah, but um, ask Aunt Nora for me. You can't tell me Aunt Nora hasn't met her share of accordion players. Uh, she is she, really into uh, into like is she a Lawrence. Know, is she a Welky? More of a, a little affair kind of. Ooh, uh, yeah, okay. like into the. I can still see some accordion making their way into. Yeah, the, that's true. Yeah. She she likes the. She just I just assume at this point that Aunt Nora knows everything about everything. She's. I'm not even kidding, Aunt Nora. No, she's she's very knowledgeable. It's a very Nora centric podcast. <laughs> you know what? That's what we we're going to call the podcast initially. Was a very Nora centric <laughs> very... podcast. That was going to be the name of the show. <laughs> Let me see. Still looking up the accordion player. I don't want to take too much time here, but oh, I think. But that, anyway, that train so, has sailed, Ben. Let's see doesn't really matter no. the accordion was not played by weird al yankovic okay um just to set the record straight kind of a kind of a side note um i don't know why i think of that maybe it's just because i was an 80s fan you know i like the 80s music and even the bad for you know for better or for worse 70s 80s the foreigner was big oh they were days. huge they were huge back in the late 70s early 80s and took a long time for me to figure out uh the difference between them and ario speedwagon i'm not gonna lie Really? Yeah. Because they sound completely different to me. Well, they did. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, mean, just, you just I'm mixed not, them up? I'm not proud of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, for some reason, I just picture, like, they're, it's like Peter Frampton. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know uh, what I'm getting at. Yeah, you, I know, but our younger demographic probably doesn't, just has saying, no like, idea who Peter Frampton is. To a certain, to a certain time. <laughs> All right. If you grew up during a certain time frame and you were being introduced to what is now f- known as quote unquote classic rock, you had this idea that any band that came out between 1975 and 1980 was basically seven white dudes with shoulder length hair being lit on stage by red and yellow floodlights singing into a microphone. Um, and so, okay. And so, if you turned on a classic rock station, right, and you heard. Boston, Foreigner, Ario right. Speedwagon, Kansas, mm-hmm. any of the other geographically named bands, right, like that, Sticks. Right. I'm just saying, I, I tended to lump all of these bands together as quote unquote 70s bands. Okay. And many of them were sung with high pitched vocals, um, you know, with, with similar backing tracks. And mm-hmm. so I, it took me a while to figure out that Ario Speedwagon was not, in fact, Foreigner. Hmm. And, you know, I'd just like to, if I may, make amends okay. for accusing REO Speedwagon of having turned out shit like cold as ice. Oh, boy. What? Shots fired. No. I <laughs> Shots fired. I mean, I listen, I, I would challenge our viewers to disagree with me. Okay. The challenge, right. the challenge, the gauntlet has been laid. 
Uh, where's the gauntlet? It's right over there on the floor next oh, to the cabinet. I thought, I thought you put it in Nora's bag. Nope. <laughs> so here is a little fun fact All right. for you. Buckle up. I Because like, I like to put little fun facts in the episode. You do. Are you familiar with uh, the album Head Games? Head Games! So do you think that's better or worse than Cold as Ice? Oh, I, listen, Ben, 99% of all songs ever made are better than Cold as Ice. Okay. Yeah. Are you familiar with the album cover of Head Games? Uh, not it's not the, off the top it's, of my head. It's no. the woman in the men's restroom with the toilet paper and the. What? Yeah, you you don't know the Head Are Games you album cover. Hang on, you keep talking. I'm going to look this up. Okay, look it up, and I won't have to. <laughs> Hang on, Francine, get the Head Games cover album. No, the the cover of the album, not a cover up. Not no. Not the band that covered the head games. Just bring me the Foreigner collection. All right. All right, keep going. I'm going to okay. look at this. Well, it, you kind of have to see the picture. I'm looking. Okay. Right yeah. Because there, there is the, the, the model on, the, on that cover. What in holy hell is going on with this album cover? Yeah. What? She's like sitting on a urinal. Is she, is she try, there's a bunch of toilet. What on earth is this? Why aren't these people in jail? Well, <laughs> the the person who posed for that is Suing? Liz Lizanne Falk, okay, who played Heather McNamara in the movie Heather's. She was the cheerleader Heather. Okay. Yeah. Fun fact. I just I don't think I I mean. It is a creepy. We, it is a creepy album. Should cover. we call somebody? <laughs> I mean, that's I that's I my, think, I mean, like, have we checked for, for you know, ransom notes? I don't know. McGruff the crime dog is on it's, the case. That is so disturbing. It is it is kind of disturbing, but the thing is, an album cover is supposed to grab your attention, and doesn't that grab your attention? But it, not well, in a sure, good way. but so does a crime scene photo. <laughs> <laughs> that don't make it right. That doesn't make me say, that's hey, I wonder true. what these guys would, would, like, would like to put into my ears. Right, no. right. No. Well, anyway. I, and listen, uh, we've said many times before, I don't want us to devolve into that kind of podcast where one of us reads something off Wikipedia and the other guy goes, that's weird, man. But yeah. in this instance, I'm glad, justified. You sh- I'm glad you showed me that and I will contact the appropriate authorities. Okay. That girl needs help. Well, I mean, she's a director and actress. No, good for her. I'm glad <laughs> she was able to overcome it. Believe you No, me. no. I mean, that's why she needs help. <laughs> that's... Yikes! That is just yeah. Wow. Yeah. She has a Twitter. So anyway, so let's uh, get into um, vision. Vision. Yeah. Blue, blue, electric, blue. So, are there any other um, ideas you have about vision that do not relate to video games? Uh, I will note that my vision is declining in my oh uh, boy later years. Doesn't that suck, man? You know, I, I'm of two minds about it, I'll be honest with you. Um, on the one hand, yeah, it kind of sucks because I'll be trying to read something and then realize, oh, shit, i got to get my glasses. Right. On the other hand, it gives me an excuse to wear glasses more. Okay. Which I'm okay with. I had I had uh, radio keratotomy surgery um, when I was relatively young, when I was, I think, 16, 17, mm-hmm. because I had horrible vision horrible vision as a kid so i actually haven't needed glasses or contacts for the last 
pretty much 30 years of my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's been great. It's been absolutely great. Um, definitely got, got our money's worth there. Right. So I'm not, I'm not bitter about it finally, you know, kind of slipping back. Um, because like I said, it's, you know, I, I'm getting old right? And, and you know, I might as well use the occasion to accessorize my face. Plus if I wear glasses, I look less tired. Okay. So there's that. All right. Yeah. yeah. I've had to wear glasses pretty much my entire life. Just the whole idea of shooting a laser into my eye just oh this was before like, they had lasers to do it ben. oh did they just cut the they just cut the oh let me tell you one of the most fear-inducing experiences i've ever had in life was getting radio keratotomy surgery because first they 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 give you some volume right first of all which is great right right but uh then they lay you down on a table right and they attach this little clamp to your eye and they only do one eye at a time right you know which is which is great are you awake oh entirely Oh boy. Uh, they attach a clamp to your eye, mm-hmm. um, which basically feels like somebody, you know, basically pushing a monocle down on your on your eye, mm-hmm. right? It's clear. Right. Um, and then they turn on the suction. So then they suck your eyeball about halfway out of the socket, which is a weird feeling, man. So you're there, this is happening, and you're like, well, this couldn't get any more clockwork orange. <laughs> and then the surgeon and then appears they serve you above some, you. Then they serve you some milk. And then you get to watch the knife coming down on your eyeball. Okay. Um, which doesn't hurt, like, to be clear. Right. You know, it didn't hurt anything. It just was really creepy. But if creepy. you ever watched a knife come down on your eyeball in slow motion right. by a masked surgeon, um, yeah, so, so, you, so you do that, right? And then they tell you, well, come back next week and we'll do the other one. <laughs> How many, how many? I did not sleep for a week. Yeah. Then. Yeah. How many? How many one-eyed people out there do you think there are with uh, with the surgery on one eye from those days? Uh, that's a good question. That's yeah. a good. It may have been responsible for the great eye patch boom of 1988. Oh, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Was up, there an eye patch boom? It was right up there with the Dijonese craze. <laughs> <laughs> Dijonese. <laughs> The devil's condiment. <laughs> That's the only other thing. Like I said, I, I get to wear glasses now. I look at it as a right. positive, not a negative. Yeah. I, I These days with my uh, sight, I never had the surgery or anything. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about it. I liked right. I liked the glasses. You've, so. I, have you ever worn contacts? Well, I tried for a little bit and just like... I, I, just I could never get to the poking myself in the eye twice a day. I, I did the soft contacts, so I had those and it was just... You just it's more you know, trouble than it's worth. Yeah, and yeah. I like I like glasses. I think I look good with glasses. You do. So. You do. You look dashing. Um, yeah, dashing and intellectual. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So these days, my vision has deteriorated to the point where I've got to take off my glasses in order to read oh. close, yeah. and they don't work worth a shit. I mean, to me, I mean, I, I I've got to look at a certain. Let me let me ask you this before you say another word. Okay. okay. Do you have the same problem I have with progressive lenses, which is you have the lenses, right? Right. And yet there's only like a millimeter wide strip in the middle of the lens where everything actually comes into focus. Yeah, because the rest of it is... Right. Yeah. And you have to be looking directly at whatever you're trying to read in order to hit that strip. Yep. Yeah. Well, They, they tell you that, too. They, well, they, that don't they, make it right, Ben. I'm paying uh, for the whole lens, but I only get to use part of it. Well, I mean, the alternative is to get what uh, what are they called? Not the progressives. They're bifocals. Called bifocals, right? Yeah. And then they just kind of have a line there, right? And just it's like 
Then you just look like a yeah. You just wear like, them on a chain around your neck and look like you sell storage lockers. Yeah, you might as well just have a sign on it that says "My vision is shitty." Well, <laughs> isn't that what glasses are shorthand for? I suppose. I suppose that's a little glasses half empty. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice know. game respects game. So anyway, have you ever had any uh, any like otherworldly sort of like visions or? Envision things like my uncle thought he was Saint Jerome. <laughs> Are you menstruating? Uh, what is, what no. Is, what does that have to do I have with it? not had any otherworldly visions. I am rewatching the X Files. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I my entire life, no, I've never never done any any mind altering substances nope. or drugs nope. or anything like Clean that. Clean living. Right. Clean living over here. No, never, never done, experimented with any of that. Uh, never, never seen a ghost. Mm. Uh, never saw the Loch Ness. Mo- no, I, I really haven't. Okay. I mean, I, I just, I mean. I haven't, I haven't either, but it's, I just think it's an interesting question when people say they have a vision or they you perceive something. It's like, it's kind of like a dream, right? It's, is, is that not a vision, a, a dream? I don't know. It's one of those those classic questions, right? Like, how many babies fit in a tire? <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I can't, you know I can't what, what take credit I, for that. I can't take credit for that. That's a, that's a Christopher Guest line from Waiting for Guffman. You know what? My one of my father's favorite jokes was, "What's worse than a barrel of dead babies? What's that? Pitching them out with a pitchfork." Oof. Yeah. Oof. Um, no, but you. D- to get back to what you were saying, to bring it up, um, right. you know, I guess the closest to an otherworldly experience is I have, and it's one that I have on the regular, uh-huh. is deja vu. Oh, okay. Deja vu hits me, at, and I'm not even kidding about this, at least three or four times a week. Really? Always has. Hmm. Yeah, ever since I was a kid. Do you think that anything that has to do, I mean, do you remember your dreams too? Or is it something where you're just like, oh, this Some of them. Fa- okay. Some of them. Not a lot. Not right. a lot. Um, but no deja vu. I, yeah, I'll do no matter. I'll be like, Oh, this has happened and this has happened. And now this person does this and this person does this. Yeah. Have you ever had that feeling of Vuja day? No. Which is the feeling that none of this has ever happened to you before. And it's another, <laughs> day, I am. that's yeah. a, that's a George Carlin. Right. Um, deja vu all over again. Yeah. Which is, uh, my name is deja vu. Have we not met before? I just recently rewatched that top secret. Top secret. Yeah. 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 Does it hold up? Uh, it's, it is so far. I mean, I, I kind of got halfway through it and then just kind of like, you know, went to bed. Right. You know, cause I had to get up early and hang out with a dude and record stuff for a podcast yeah. today. So. Some, some jackass clearing choya. Um, yeah, no, I, it's, I remember loving top secret. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, it was great. Nick Rivers. <laughs> Nick Reavers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I know a little. Yeah. Anyway. I know a little um, German. So, yeah, vision. Interesting. There are people who are, they say that they're, you know, psychic. One of the things that I think is interesting is when people have this deja vu, do they perceive that? They say, oh, I'm psychic. That wouldn't be my go-to explanation. Right. I mean, it would kind of be, (laughs) it's like the old thing about, you know, if you hear a horse galloping, why would you assume it's a zebra? Yeah. You know, I, I tend to think that it's probably some, you know, 
some firing of the synapses in the or brain or coping mechanism or something going coping on coping mechanism sleep or, or something maybe you're predisposed to something hitting a memory trigger in error that's not actually a memory but it stores it in the memory part of your brain oh, for yeah. some no, reason that makes sense you know yeah maybe my brain's just disorganized it's the maid's day off so brain scrubbing <laughs> as the tick says when a brain falls into the dirty gutters of evil doing and and filthiness you can't just wash that off you've got to think it clean from the inside out the tick has a lot of great one-liners it really does from both the comics and the uh and the cartoon and the cartoon and the live action shows oh gosh the live action shows even a potato can die yeah, yeah. even a po- horses <laughs> <laughs> gravity is a you, harsh mistress yep. um and, and let me be clear we're talking the Patrick Warburton one. Oh, one hundred percent. Not not the Amazon. I tried watching the Amazon ones, and they were okay. I but will it was just like it I was, will give it credit. It got the Amazon series got better as it went. Yeah, but it never got funny. It was it was trying. I think it was trying to straddle that trying to be drama and trying to yes. develop characters. It was. It fell into the, what the, we like to call the dramedy trap. With, yeah. Uh, it's it's also trying to develop characters that we don't care about. The, the right. great thing about the first um, Tick series was the fact that it was uh, Seinfeld, mm-hmm. with, but superheroes. That that right. was the whole thing. It That's was right. it was yeah. a show about nothing but superheroes, superhero right. problems. It didn't get too deep into character development right it was just little stories about all these things and that's what made it great and that's what fox didn't understand so no, they canceled I, I thought, it i thought but, it was tremendous yeah um and you could not have asked for a better match than patrick oh warburton patrick warburton the tick. perfect yeah. yeah absolutely perfect yeah. and um yeah and, he's got that i mean you know sometimes i'm told that i have a patrick warburton kind of tone to my voice mm. maybe i should go lower also you know what emperor's new groove oh gosh how good is emperor's new Cusco, groove? Cusco. why do we even have that lever yep yeah. <laughs> yeah and my favorite tick line was always i i say this to this day let me let you in on a little secret this isn't a magic hubcap the magic's <laughs> been inside of you all along <laughs> Some people have no idea what I'm talking about. Completely out of context, but anyway. We're on a date with Destiny, and she she just just ordered the lobster. That's a different superhero movie. Is it? Yeah. That's not The Tick. Really? Yeah. No, that's that's Mystery Men. Um, I have been living living a lie, Ben. Yeah, The Shoveler. Yeah. No, you're right, now that I think about it, but I just stored it in my, again, my potentially disorganized brain. Right. That gives me deja vu all the time. I stored it in the tick drawer. Yeah. yeah. You, you you file it in the wrong. File it under T for tick. Right. Instead of B for bad movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, Mystery Men is a wonderful movie. Mystery Men is half of a wonderful movie. What, what are your thoughts on Mystery Men? When Greg Kinnear dies, it goes downhill. Really? Yeah. Why? I mean, I'm curious. It's more interesting. I think it's a more interesting story if you keep him around. Really? Yeah. How so? I really wanted to see the dynamic between his NASCAR, you know, golden boy superhero persona image. Mm -hmm. I would have been much more interested in seeing that dynamic play out and making him the bad guy of the movie. Okay. With these, you know, lower tier superheroes um, and Mm. almost have, you know, the actual bad guy just be a barely relevant subplot. Right. Because I think Greg, first of all, 
people are divided on Greg Kinnear. We are a nation divided. I get it. We have we have always been polarized about Greg Kinnear. I don't think so. I, I think he's a brilliant actor. I think he he can do smarm and smug and still have you walk away feeling like you know you're in on the joke. Right. And I think that's a rare combination. I think young Bruce Willis was able to do that too. Right. But no, I love Greg Kinnear as an actor. I really right. do. Um, and so also also in the movie Matador, which we talked about on a couple right. shows. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. So no, I just part of it is I just want to see more Greg Kinnear. Okay. Um, and part of it was I thought he nailed that whole entitled sponsored superhero, right? Well, darling of the public, but here, really just kind of a jerk on the on the inside. Here's my hot take on that: If yeah. they would have come out with a Booster Gold movie, Greg mm. Kinnear would have been I think the guy. Right. I think you're you know? right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I still want to see a Booster Gold movie, and I still want to see an Alpha Flight movie, and I'm not going to see them ever. Do you think Booster Gold would be a good movie? Booster Gold being the hero that was a disgraced right. <laughs> football player. Basically a corporate shill. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, only a corporate shill because he wanted fame. Right. And he thought the way to get his fame back would be to be a superhero in the past. I'm not sure I'd base a whole movie around him. Yeah. I'm not sure you can carry it. Carry an hour and a half, two hour movie. Let me. You know what? Let me backtrack on that. If it's an hour and a half movie, sure, let's yeah. give it a shot. If it's a two, two and a half hour big superhero spectacle, you're gonna need more than old BG. Yeah, just for that. You know what I mean? Blue Beetle, blue a Blue Beetle Booster Gold is a natural team up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I really think that also. I mean, I, I think where Booster Gold shines is as a supporting character because he's yes. his whole battle. Um, you know, he's trying to do the right thing, but he's doing it for the wrong reasons, right? He's doing right. it for the fame. Well, and that's why I think, you know, I think, here's the thing. If you're going to do a booster goal in a movie right. and have him be a major part of the movie, I think you go with the whole Justice League International era. Uh -huh. You get booster gold. You get Guy Gardner. Right. Right. You get Blue Beetle. Mm -hmm. You get that whole crazy, you know, kind of weirdo cast that Keith Giffen wrote in JLI with Batman kind of being the disappointed dad. Right. Um, who's just kind of constantly shaking his head going, ah, these assholes. What about Martian Manhunter? You get Martian Manhunter. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think you go that route and you play it. I think you play up the comedy aspects. Yeah. Never thought of it that way. I mean, that's part of a big part of booster gold, but the thing that connected to me was the fact that, it, he was trying to figure it out. I mean, that's why I like the series. Yeah. The first thing he does is start a fight with Superman when he gets here. Right. It's like, okay. Right. And he's like gullible because the robot AI t tell, you know, basically convinces him to do all this stuff. And he right. goes, oh, yeah, that's a great That's idea. what I'm saying. I think it works as a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get on to Vision. Vision. Let's. Yeah. We better start tying it into games. Okay. Vision. Um, let's go back to Captain America. And the Avengers. Okay. Data East. Oh, arcade game. Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. White, white Vision. Could, that was yep, White Vision. That was White Vision. They they recently um, reintroduced White Vision into the MCU as a part of the whole um, yep. WandaVision Spoiler alert. Line. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Well, is it? Yes. That they... I mean, it's kind of. I mean, it's if, you, also haven't, in the if comics, you haven't seen I mean, WandaVision, it's a spoiler alert. Anyway, it's too late now, so 
have fun watching WandaVision knowing White Vision's coming along. Yeah. And also there's that Ewok knife fight, <laughs> which is also really a great part. Where which you're going, why is it in the it Marvel just, Universe? I, I don't know. Wicket, Wicket, he'll stick you, man. No, he definitely. will stick you. He's really good at making the shivs. Yeah, Colombian neckties all over the place. Yeah. They, don't, they never show that part in Return of the Jedi with all the stormtroopers with their throats slit. Right, right. They never do. Data East. No, I love that game. I love that game. Yeah, White Vision in that. Um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Iron and Man. Iron Man yep. and Captain America. Love everyone's it. favorite captain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know where to go with that. Everyone's favorite shield guy. It was it was it was an Avengers game. Yeah. And it was an was Avengers it? game and I loved the hell out of it. Yeah. It, it had so many bosses in it. It had like so eleven bosses. different bosses. It started with Whirlwind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was Whirlwind, and there was there were a couple other ones the that wizard. were kind of like Wizard. Yeah, yeah. And there was a Ultron. Ultron was in it. Yep. yep. And then uh, the final, the final bad guy was the Red Skull. I think they took different like foils of all the different individual heroes and put them in there, right? And, so you and Hawkeye and well, Hawkeye. Sorry. Yep. That's, I'm, I'm that you know, guy, listeners. I'm that guy. Everyone's favorite eye. I don't know. Um, Who was actually, which was funny because Hawkeye may have been the most fun character to play in that game. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I, I mean, any any game where I get to play someone with a bow and arrow that can shoot up one arrow and it turns into 100 arrows and yep. rains down on someone, yep. like the rain of arrows. Yep. Yeah. You just got to do Sign that. Sign me up all day long. Yeah. Not very. Not very. Uh, what do you think of the casting in the the Avengers movie for him, for Hawkeye? It was fine. Yeah. I mean, given the part that he actually played, it was fine. Yeah. I like Jeremy Renner. I don't yeah. think about him a lot. No. Which pretty much describes my view on Hawkeye. Okay. <laughs> Hawkeye hater. I like him. I, yeah. I don't think about him a lot. Right. Yeah. Right. Most bow and arrow characters in video games. I, I did like the new Black Widow movie though. Oh, okay. I did. All right. I did. That is a spoiler alert. For the fact that there's a Black Widow movie? No, the fact that you like it. Well, I already knew I liked it. Oh, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Checkmate. (laughs) Anyway. No, uh, I I like that Data East game. In fact, I'm going to commit blasphemy here and tell you that was a better game than the X-Men game. Oh, no, no. I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Even though the graphics were, I mean, it was bigger, flashier. Right. Uh, six Konami. Pl- six players. Yeah. The, they had the six-player machines. We actually had a six-player machine at yes, our- did we. Yeah, at our arcade. Um, it had three monitors in it where you had yep, to- yeah. That's right. Um, that's right. No, I, I listen, I'm not saying the X-Men game was a bad game, but give me the Avengers over the X-Men all day long. No, agreed. And I would only play the X-Men if Nightcrawler or Wolverine were available. Oh, really? Yeah, I had no interest in playing Dazzler or Colossus. Oh, jeez. That was the only character I played was Dazzler. Don't ask me why. I just did. Everyone was like, I want to play Wolverine. I was like, whatever. I'll play Dazzler. Well, to be fair, that was back when Wolverine was still cool and he was rocking his brown and yellow costume. Yeah, so, and let's—it's Nightcrawler. I'm a, I'm a Nightcrawler guy. Yeah, I just am. You know the voice acting in that X Men game was horrible. 
ex-chickens. <laughs> yeah, it was the worst voice God. acting. And at least in the Avengers game, it no did No one have... can stop the blob. Uh, yeah, no. yeah, that was so awful. Yeah. But anyway, and then Pyro. <laughs> Pyro. Anyway. I think they were trying to. No, the to Avengers it. game was good. The yeah. Avengers game was good. I mean, it was a samey. I mean, it never really threw anything new at you, but it was a beat No, but it was, it was yeah, it was a side scroll and beat em up. I think it was like 90, 1990, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. When it was out. So I've got here. something game related about Vision I'd like to talk about. Oh, okay. <clears throat> which is Detective Vision. Okay. And I think I first came across this probably in the original Arkham Asylum game. Okay. Um, and for those of you who haven't played it, uh, yes, Rick, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> you play as Batman. Right. Uh, and you're doing Batman things in Arkham Asylum. Right. And there's a mode that you can turn on with a button press called Detective Vision. Right. And what Detective Vision does is it lets you, it, tur- it basically turns the entire display into a sort of a, I don't know what they call it. An x-ray kind of. Sort of an x-ray or, or almost a wire rendered kind yeah. of rotos. You know, it basically it makes everything like vector. really dark. <clears throat> it turns everything black and white and gray. Right. And then it highlights different things in the environment with bright blue. Right. right. And the idea of detective vision is you turn it on when you're having to look for footprints or find clues or follow a trail. Right. Right. Or, you know, as what most people did, look for where the goddamn grappling hook is. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Touchy. I spent a lot of time with Arkham Asylum. Um, so here's the thing, though. Here's the problem with Detective Vision, okay. because this is a mechanic that has gone on to become hugely popular. I think The Witcher 3 had it, right? Well, Lots but, of these open world games have it, so right. that, to let you focus on something specific that's not immediately seeable in the environment. Right, okay? or sounds, or things that are... Right, right, exactly. So my problem with it in Arkham Asylum specifically, and, where it, and overall um, in several games since then, is that it incentivizes you to keep it turned on. Right. And so instead of looking at these incredible environments um, and seeing some amazing art design and architecture and all that, the game incentivizes you to keep your damn detective vision on all the time so that you know where to go. Right. And I think eventually that, like, I'm interested in games that can strike a balance. Like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's what makes a successful game. I only want to turn it on when I need to turn it on. Right. Right? Don't make me feel like I might as well just keep it on all the time so I can see where all the tunnels and paths and doors are. You know, if you could only use it in certain times or limit the use of it, it just kind of... Hitman does, right? right. Hitman has a gauge. Uh, Actually, the prior Hitmans had a gauge where... um, you could only keep it on for a certain amount of time, and then right. you had to let it fill back up. But see, I never, I never, I never ever used it. No, I super haven't used frequently. No, it's me just, neither. You know, which is again a testament to the brilliance of Hitman is what you you don't need to use it. Right, right. I talked to Nora about Hitman, and she was like, "What? Are, that what, sounds like a really cool game." God, I, every time, everything I hear about Nora makes me just more excited to meet her. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, especially after all the rustling I've done in her bag. <laughs> <laughs> Viewers, that's what we call a curveball. Yep. Uh, anyway, the vision thing that, right. like, sort of similarly, you know, use of these types of night visions and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can overuse it, right? Yeah. You can overuse it to a point where it's not doesn't feel unique or yeah. or doesn't feel like it's, it feels like it's a crutch more than it's, an, it's a piece that. 
I um, would rather see it be used more to enhance the immersion. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to your seats cause you're going to get a little bit of whiplash here, but I'm going to take you back to aliens versus predator. Okay. Um, and one of my favorite commercials ever. <laughs> you remember that commercial? I, I do. Yeah, I do. With yeah. the apartment. But anyway. I think it was Aliens versus Predator or Aliens versus Predator 2. I can't remember which one. But basically, you got to play as the Colonial Marines, you got to play as the Predator, and you got to play as the Alien. Right. And if you were a Marine, you were you had regular vision and night vision, right? Like like every first-person shooter between 1995 and 2015, right? You had night vision you could turn on, right? right. Which would make everything green. Mm-hmm. And you'd only turn it on in the dark. The Predator, of course, had like thermal vision tentacle vision some other kind of vision i forget um but the alien vision was the coolest because it was literally just your point of view as the alien or you could go black and white and see everything that was like eatable right and because you started off as the alien face hugger it was like this weird fisheye ground level view you had to play yeah i remember first like two or three levels and it was so cool yeah it was it seemed a little disorienting was that was that the you could run up walls and on the ceiling and then drop down on people right and then, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's where, like... The Did point- you have to navigate their digestive tract and, and pop out of their stomach and stuff? Well, there was the really annoying level where you had to sit on someone's face for half an hour and then shove an egg down their throat. Oh. Uncomfortable. That's fake, right? Yes, that's a joke. Okay. That's... <laughs> I'm very gullible. <sighs> Let me tell you a story about Weird Al I heard. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Played the accordion. Yeah, for REO Speedwagon. No, no, it was the uh, it was the alien theme song <laughs> that he played the accordion on. In space, no one can hear you polka. Yep, that's that's true. Um, but no, so vision, right? Vision was used really cool in that game because it really gave you different types of vision that corresponded to the personality you were playing as. Right. And it wasn't a crutch. It was a bona fide mechanic. Right. But at the same time, it was just so immersive. Right. I think you could overuse that mechanic too, oh, right? You could, you, yeah. like anything else, you could put too many types of visions in there and make it kind of yeah. over-vision it. <laughs> Over, 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 over vision it, over vision. It. You know, if you have heat vision and then you have, you know, sound vision, there actually, sound vision. yeah, there, there's, um, okay. So in what is sound what, vision? Okay. Hold you on. You mean like daredevil? Well, okay. sort of, you didn't play cyberpunk 2077, but there are these, not. okay. There are these things called brain dances and the whole mechanic of brain dance. I talked about the movie brainstorm. It's sort of like that where you record the perspective of someone of everything that's going on in the environment the the person recording you've got a little bit of a range you can get uh you know around and you can see things oh, in a very a unique kind of way for a brain dance no that's not it's not that okay. song um it sounds like that game remember me Sort of, yeah. It's like that, where you could change the different, um, yep. you know, the the different dream recollections and change people's memories. Yep. But underrated. This, game. Yep. But this one was a little bit different uh, because it was a recording, and then you would like view. You would try and pick out different pieces of, um, you know, trying to figure out what the puzzle is. So okay. early on in in the game, you're trying to. Well, I don't. I don't want to give too much away, but it's like 
you use various parts of this. There's one that's focused on finding objects, and then there's one that's focus, focused on where sound is emanating from. So you can identify okay. different conversations and listen to those conversations if you wait till the person that gets into range of whatever a sound is, you'll see a little, yeah, that's what I mean by sound vision. Okay. It's not like the sounds manifesting themselves as physical things. Right. You're, you've got little cues that, okay. you know, and in general, it did a good job about making it a unique sort of experience that's sort of like, you know, you, you could solve little puzzles. Mm-hmm. It just got into a kind of a thing that was at, at a certain point after you'd gone through a couple of levels that had this, it was just kind of underutilized and it was just mm. kind of like, you know, it was. They forgot about it. it. Yeah, it, it wasn't a part of the vision. Oh, I you know, see, see where I'm going there. with this. I see what you did um, there. Which is another piece that I want to talk about in video games how vision or perspective, right? is very important when you're developing a game to kind of go off your point of uh, use of creative sort of vision type things Mm -hmm. cyberpunk had the framework remember me had had an interesting use of that i think that those are interesting things to utilize in games but i just don't like it to be too gimmicky and too too numerous did you ever play Far Cry 3? Which one was that? That was the <laughs> They're all pretty much well, the same, There's been like dude. a billion Far Was it yeah. the one where I'm a caveman? No. no okay. That, if was, it wasn't, that was primal. If it wasn't that one or the one where I'm in Africa, then I don't remember it. Yeah. It's, it's like you're in some sort of other country and you're part of some sort of government that's trying to overthrow another sect of government, some sort of, you know. Well, color me shocked. Yeah. Far Cry 3 was um you know like like that type of game where you go around and it's, it's sort of an open world sort of thing you go mm-hmm. from camp to camp you right. do things right. there was a level on there that i really enjoyed you were going against some crime folks and what you wanted to do some crime folks <laughs> in fact i think that's oh, what they are they're just crime folks <laughs> the rascals <laughs> scamps <laughs> Anyway, you're going up against the crime folks. Yeah, and their tomfoolery. They really need a better Um, name. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) now you got me thinking about the crime folks. Um, Anyway, the evil villains. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Who have drug fields and they're they're growing weed. And and the, the thing that you have to do is you've got to torch this whole field of weed and just burn it all up. Okay. So they can't make any money or whatever. Okay. And you do this, and when you get to the field and you get your little, you know, your your flamethrower and whatever, um, a Skrillex song starts playing in the background. <laughs> but it's, um, you're torching this whole field of weed, but if you get into the smoke, uh-huh. your vision starts to get a little wobbly. Okay. You know? That's one of the things I think people use that in, in games for being drunk too, uh, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. annoying. For and it's vision. not funny. Yeah. Water when it's raining and you see little droplets like they're like Oh, uh, like like a like a water droplet is hitting my eyeball. Yeah, exactly, but yeah. it's not. It's like you're that's in a That's not fucking, how rain works. Yeah, it's not you're in a car and it's hitting a windshield. It's like you're, you know, you, you still see the rain. It's right. like it doesn't it doesn't it's not cutesy, it's right. just dumb. Right. But in the case of the Far Cry 3 game, 
that whole thing was so much fun, <laughs> so much fun just torching the field listening to skrillex which i'm not a dubstep guy i mean I, you know it's just kind of like the whole mission but it was just a mission it right. wasn't something where they tried to reuse that mechanic over and over it wasn't again. hey anytime you use the weed item in your inventory right it's gonna it's gonna do pump this. up the jams Ooh. and right yeah, yeah. you know that's a, that's a remarkable amount of restraint by the far cry developer what keeping it to that one mission well, I mean, but that's that's kind of the payoff, I guess. It's no, that's what the, I'm saying, though, is yeah. I think a lot of other developers would have said, you know what, we should let the player be able to do this anytime. Yeah. It's the fun level. <laughs> it's like you're doing all the, <laughs> I, and That's not saying much, right? But it, it, the Ladies game and gentlemen, we've found it. Yeah. The fun level of Far Cry 3. Yes, yes, with all those crime folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it fun. <laughs> So you're burning down a mom and pop weed operation. Oh no, no, it's a, it's an evil organization. Well, they need to work on their branding. Yeah, the crime folks. <laughs> Whenever you need some folks to commit crimes, we're ready ca- to burgle you. Yes, <laughs> call this number. Yeah. Anyway, um, the last the last subject of vision, I want to cover what we call you know scope vision. Um, envisioning what you know um a plan um do you have any strong feelings like if i'm if i'm talking about a plan Mm. or something as it relates to video games Mm. any examples of bad ones that for some reason the vision wasn't complete or it wasn't um you know wasn't something that you know the itself it, it would try to do too many things or you know what I mean? Like, I, I think what makes a successful game is a vision that is clear, a story that is clear, a path that is clear, and game mechanics that are fun. Period. End of sentence, right? Yes. Okay. Um, do you have any examples of games that you're annoyed by the fact that the, the game mechanics were good, but the vision seemed to be all over the place and you just didn't know, you know, it was, it was something that... You, it wasn't enjoyable because uh, because I felt like they didn't really know what to do with everything. Yeah, um, because I I'm gonna say Anthem. Anthem was that way for me. See, I never played that. Okay, okay, but I I, I it was Bioware, right? Right, right. Um, and, and the reason was they didn't they 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 switched people who were managing the project in the middle of the project. Someone who had the vision originally. And they had all the parts and they'd been working on it, left, mm-hmm. and then they have all this stuff, all these things that they worked on, and then someone else takes it over. Mm-hmm. And their vision isn't either one isn't exactly the same, or it's just like, well, let's just finish the game. Let's just finish what we have with the parts we have and just right. complete it. Right. Um, so then you've got a whole group of people developing all these pieces that don't know what the end goal is supposed to look like. And, and and Anthem was plagued with other problems, you know, like, you know, as far as a, an overly ambitious schedule and, and trying to, you know, who knows if it was Bioware's decision or it was a EA's, it probably was EA's decision. We need to get this out. It's been worked on for X number of years and we got to get it out to people. But yeah, I'd probably, I honestly, I'd come up with probably another Bioware or EA example and I'd say Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh yeah, um, you think that that was that was uh, not a clear vision? 
Yeah, I don't think they had an idea. I think they knew what they wanted to do mechanics-wise, but I don't think they had an idea of how to transition the franchise to that kind of a game, hmm. which was an open-world-ish, um, more exploratory in nature right. um, kind of game, as opposed to the action RPG of the prior three games. Right. Do you, do you think it was more like, um, what was that, um, Outer... Oh, what is it? Outer oh, World. Outer Worlds? Yeah. Such a disappointing game. Well, see, that's the thing, too. Have you played it recently? Because I've heard great improvements have been made to that game. I played it last year. Okay, so it's still crap? Well, as of last year. <laughs> it's not even that it's crap. I mean, here's the here's the thing. It's a I sandbox. Mean, that's what it is. It's not a sandbox. It, no? No, I wish it was a sandbox. But it is so incredibly linear, um, and I love the aesthetic of it. I absolutely love the world building. Uh-huh. I love the the anti corporate messaging of it. I love the design of it. I love the art of it. I love the writing in it. But right. it is too long, and it has too many terrible quests uh-huh. that just go. It is fetch quest after fetch quest after fetch quest, and the longer you play it, the more it just doubles down on that design mm. until it's just not fun anymore. Right. I was, I was super disappointed in outer worlds. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't, um, maybe I'm thinking of a different game then. <laughs> no, it, it's the one where they, they promised a whole bunch of things as far as exploring. Oh, you're, oh, you're talking about no man's sky. Okay. That's what no, no man's sky. That's what you're talking about. I, I know it. I, I refer to it as no Mansky. <laughs> that guy. Biff Nomansky. True is back out. Yeah. True is big. No. Um, so the game mm-hmm. I think of, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to cut all that out of miles out, <laughs> but it's, it is No Man's Sky because it had such a vision right. and it over-promised and under-delivered. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No Man's Sky. Yeah. The game, No Man's Sky. Right. Not to be confused with other game names. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So, um, did you ever play any of that game? I did not. No, okay, I did um, not. Just randomly, maybe you ever played Outer Wilds? <laughs> no. Would you like a thirty-second capsule review of my experience no, with Outer okay. Worlds? I think I can figure it out. Yeah. But, but I mean, No Man's Sky was one. It was definitely a sandbox. I game, remember right? seeing it hyped. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that's part of the problem is hype, right? And maybe we should do a show on that word because that's that's something that bothers me is the word hype, um, but. It was something that didn't have a, it was, the scope was too big. The vision was too, was too wide. It was too ambitious. And that's, that's something that has to do, I think, with vision is you have to have it, um, at the right size. It's got to be the right kind of, as you said, alchemy, right? It's got to be the right size of a, of, of design and, and mechanics, but it can't be too sprawling it can't be too vague no it can't be and that's our show (laughs) which can be too vague right it well it is it actually is too vague just make sure nobody gets confused our show can be too vague right vision cannot be too vague right and we're not the outer wilds no he's ben i'm ben i'm chris and this was the too vague podcast Thank you guys for joining us, and uh, join us next week when we'll be talking about... Probably Aunt Nora. And her bag.
You're going to have to call me from Chicago just so I can say hi to Aunt Mel. Okay. 